Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast, episode 106. So I have some good foundational principles from a training perspective and from just more administrative perspective that you hold your hat on, you know, and, and keep in mind those things may change. Um, you may get a different job, you may get different, put on different avenues, those things may change sometimes. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I'm Eric McMahon, and today we're joined by Thaddeus Jackson, an assistant strength and conditioning coach with the Green Bay Packers. Thad, welcome, man. Thanks, Eric. Thanks for having me, man. I'm glad you uh, invited me. We finally got this set up. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, Thad and I connected back at the, I think it was a 2019 uh coaches conference yeah. in Indianapolis and uh we ran into each other in the uh in the exhibit hall and have stayed in touch ever since and uh yeah just been really good uh connecting over the past couple of years man it's been real good man real good so just want to give you a chance share your story uh how'd you get into the field of strength and conditioning and tell us a little bit about your path okay well um I got a background in athletic training. I was an athletic training student, which I started at Hines Community College and uh, transferred from Hines to University of Alabama. And uh, while I was at University of Alabama, I also was fortunate and blessed to get an internship with the New England Patriots in 2003 as an athletic training intern. And uh, came back after that was up, that whole training camp and continued athletic training. and. I had a semester left of school. And um, at the time, my exercise physics teacher, um, Dr. Mike Iosia, he was also a doctoral student and he was working as an intern in the weight room at the University of Alabama. He invited me over to the weight room and um, I met Kent Johnston and Coach Johnston was working out and Mike introduced me to him and I just told him I want to do what he's doing. And, he was like, be here tomorrow, it's 6.30. I was there at 6.15 and the uh, rest was was history. So I started doing strength and conditioning and I uh, I saw myself saying, yes, I can make a career out of this. And it was nothing negative about athletic training or anything. I just had a semester left of school and I just wanted to volunteer in the weight room. And I eventually got hired at the University of Alabama and uh, a lot of, I've worked at different sports there, but the main sport I worked was football, but also worked with basketball, softball, swimming and diving, track and field. And um, that's kind of been it, man. I've worked at Alabama. I worked at Hines Community College as a head strength conditioning coach. I also worked in the private sector, um, Young Champions Academy in Waco, Texas. And I've been here going on my 12th year in Green Bay. So i um, very thankful. Been some good places and uh, very thankful for the opportunity the individuals that have helped me get to where I am and give me an opportunity to help work with them and the individuals that hired me as well. Yeah, you guys had a great, uh, great season last year. Came up a little short at the end there. I was, I was yeah, pulling for you yeah. guys. Yeah. Speak a little bit to, you know, you've been a couple places. What, what's it like working in the NFL? What's the dynamic of the staff? And, uh, yeah, just share a little bit of that with us. Yeah, just over the years, um, I think the number one thing is NFL or wherever yet is the people. Um, you got to make sure you get the right fit 
the right people. Um, you got to get somebody that's going to support you and be with you through thick and thin. Um, that's the biggest thing. That's the, to me, look at foundation principles. That's the biggest thing to me, what I look at, um, which is what I've seen over the years and uh, develop those relationships. And um, where you're weak at, you need to get somebody, uh, that's their strength. And um, so you guys can help guide each other because at the end of the day, you know, you got one ultimate goal and uh, we know what the ultimate goal is to achieve. And um, that's the biggest things I would definitely see at, you know, um, in that nature. You know, as you know, in, in this role, I get the opportunity to join uh, a few NFL meetings with, mm -hmm. uh, with all you guys and to hear uh, some of the veteran coaches, you know, the, yeah, yeah Mike Wojcik and Jerry Palmieri and just hearing them speak with the passion um, mm -hmm. to their experience that they've brought this profession over the years, that relationship element, I think Mike Wojcik called it, you know, the weight room, a sanctuary, you know, yeah. for, for these players to have a place out of the, out of the limelight that they can be themselves. And um, it truly is more than just sets and reps and, and exercises and, and what we're doing from a training standpoint, it's uh, it goes deeper than that. And so I think your point on relationships, that's, that's really valuable. And I know that's come through just in my being kind of a newcomer to some of those conversations mm -hmm. um, that comes through loud and clear with you guys. You guys are a tight knit group very welcoming group to knowledge and education and open-minded about what's going to help us professionally, what's yep. going to help our players get better. And I want to ask you about that. You have your bachelor's degree, you have your master's degree, you're getting your doctoral degree. Education is obviously important to you. You know, mm -hmm. speak to that value of, of pursuing higher education for strength and conditioning coaches and just what that provides us in this profession. Yeah, over the years, um, I just look at it like the reason I'm getting my doctorate is uh, I didn't really have the management side of things. So I'm in, I'm going to go to United States Sports Academy and I'm getting my doctorate in sports management with an emphasis in exercise fees. And my ultimate goal was really to learn the management side of things, how things operate in sports. And um, just as I get older, I just want that was a goal personally of mine and to do that. And so I started pursuing it. But I just think, you know, it's always room for improvement. I'll never get complacent. And uh, if it's just some guys out there that want to pursue it, go for it and try it. But it's just never easy to go do those things. But uh, it takes time to do those. So I chip away at it a little bit here and a little bit there with it. And um, But I think education is a good key. If you take those educational tools and also you keep developing your relationships. Um, good things can happen with that. You know, um, this industry is can be very beneficial for you if you put in the work and, like I said, get the educational part of it. You know, I think you, I think NSCA is in the years now might require you to have your master's or even take the certification if I'm if we're going down that road. Am I correct with that? Yeah, we're, we're working with uh, accreditation for the CSCS, and so it will be a bachelor's requirement, but. Uh, it's mm -hmm. going to be educational accreditation, which means certain academic programs will make you eligible for the CSCS exam, similar to some other professions that are out there. Okay. So it's all about raising those standards uh, yeah. and standards for the profession, not just for the test, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Um, 
No, I think it's great. You uh, recognize that. And, you know, Thad, you're on the RSCC coaching task force. Um, Mm -hmm. You're someone I rely on for feedback and input um, throughout the year. And that's really valuable. So I just want to say thanks for being a part of that. And it really speaks to the value of volunteerism within the NSCA community Mm -hmm. and putting yourself out there in a way to contribute. And one of the terms that comes to light is, you know, we talk about the NSCA community as a whole. That's how we ran into each other a couple of years ago, just kind of just in the exhibit hall, you know, speak to the value of us as a strength and conditioning community, whether that be here in the U S or globally, and just, um, just how valuable that is to you as a professional. You know, the biggest thing, um, I like about this is, um, just try to help individuals, you know, um, like some individual that came along, Kent Johnson helped me, Coach Terry Jones Sr., uh, Scott Cochran, Mark Levite, and Chris Giese. Those guys have played an important aspect to get me to where I am today, and uh, I'll always be grateful for that. But those individuals, you know, they helped me. And so uh, I always just think about, you know, develop relationships and, um, and help other people. You know, this is, you know, it's not a business where everybody – knows everything. We're always here to help individuals. Well, a certain individual may have a different aspect. If you're going through things, call them, ask him, you know, what do you recommend if you got a situation or a problem um, going on? If you were trying to do some things different, what is your philosophy and your beliefs on that? So I think that overall, everybody can help everybody in this, in this business and it can um, just only make things better. Like I said, develop those relationships, make things better and just keep expanding mentorship and giving back you know remembering where we started you know and uh i think all of us uncovered a passion for this field through our athletic experience in some way or or just uh just being exposed to the field of strength and conditioning but you know it it took help and it took support and being able to give that back uh, to young coaches. We have a lot of young coaches that listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, want to ask you a couple questions here. You know, what makes a strength and conditioning coach successful? You've already spoke to relationships. Um, you can dive into that a little bit more, but you know, what makes a strength and conditioning coach successful from a perspective of career advancement and, and just being a great professional? You know, the biggest thing is, uh, as I stated earlier, surround yourself with the right people. Um, that, that's far and foremost. Um, you know, that, that's, that's vital. For me. You know, um, become well knowledgeable about the profession. Always be prepared. Um, just having a plan and just also understand that those plans could change. So with that being said, you got to be adaptable. You know, communicate real well um, with your staff. Um, people you meet, networking, also communicate with, with your, your athletes or your players. Um, that's, that's, that's key as well. Um, I always want to have a good coaching environment that you're in. Um, you know, have good coaching environment that's involved and be, be absorbable as a sponge to take things in also as well. You know, I, I pride myself on taking constructive criticism because no matter who we are, you know, it's, it's life. You know, you got to learn, you got to grow and do all those things as well, you know. Um, so I have some good foundational principles from a training perspective and from just more administrative perspective that you hold your hat on, you know, and, and keep in mind those things may change. Um, 
You may get a different job. You may get different, go down different avenues. Those things may change sometime. You know, may have to change them all. Develop trust. Um, develop trust. That's a uh, coach to coach, uh, coach to a player, um, player to coach. Those things are vital. You know, when you're doing those in those areas, you know, I just say have good energy, have execution. That, that's important as well with that. Um, so learn how to handle your emotions. You know, we're strength coaches. Sometimes we can get, ooh, you know, in certain <laughs> situations, you know, as you're, if you're in a leadership role, you got to remain calm. You know, you got to think things through. You channel those emotions and put them in the right way because you don't want to sometimes go off the, off the, off the handle and you got to go back and handle it a different way. So those are some key things I look at. And last but not least is just continue to educate yourself and um, put pride in personal growth and also put pride in empowering others. I think those go hand in hand. Yeah, man, that's awesome. I, you know, you spoke to non-weight room skills that are important for strength coaches. Um, obviously, the weight room skills and just what we're doing specifically with our athletes in our field. Uh, and you also mentioned, you know, that your perspective might change, you know, over the course of your career. And that's something I think as young coaches, we don't always realize is that we get married to a philosophy or a thought process mm -hmm. and it might be a new job. It might be a new head coach. It might be a new, um, some, a lot can change real quick. Yeah, that's why I said that. You know, <laughs> Mike Tyson said, everybody got a plan until they get punched in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, hopefully in strength and conditioning, we're not getting punched in the face too much. But, no, but you yeah. know what I mean. <laughs> Things morph but, and change. <laughs> no, but but change is inevitable, man. And I want to ask you on the, on the personal and family side now, how does family impact your uh, effectiveness as a coach? How does it impact your thought process towards the coaching profession? Um, speak to family a little bit. Well, you know, I, I recently got married in 2019. And so um, very thankful for my wife. And my wife has been very supportive of my profession. And, um, and I'm very thankful for that. And so, um, you know, just I would just say biggest thing is having somebody support you in that understanding what's going on, understanding your hours, um, knowing that it's a demand that come with this. And also it's, um, it's a chapter that, you know, if you gotta be willing to ride all the way with it, you know, and um, I've been doing this for man, 20 some years now, as you include athletic training and strength conditioning. And, um, and it's been, it's been good, you know, um, I'm focused on making a career out of this however long I can, you know, but like I said, things morph and change, but um, you got to have that support. You know, sometime when you get, have a long day at work, you want to get home and relax and decompress and just spend time with the family. That gives you balance. You know, I think over the years, you know, and once I recently got married, it gives you balance. It gives you balance. It gives you refreshness as well. Clear your mind, clear your thoughts, focus on wife. If you got kids, spend some time with them. Um, reflect with those those individuals and then you know okay get ready to go back to the to the drawing board again and see where you can go so um, I think it gives a good balance overall you know you got to have balance in life you know you can't be all work 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 and you know and you got to give yourself time some some rest time recovery I mean we do that we tell the players that 
you know, we all know that, you know, you got to get somatically rest, recharge and recovery. So I think that goes with the profession as well. Yeah, man. Taking, taking our own advice. That can oh, be yeah. hard. That can be hard at times. Oh yeah. No, that's, that's a real thing. That's a real thing for strength coaches working those long days and, um, and telling, telling the athletes to make sure they're getting enough recovery and, and, putting recovery practices in place. And yeah, that's a really tough area of our field to navigate, just the professional pressure we feel uh, in this, you know, in our roles at times to serve our athletes and do anything and everything we can to, uh, to support them. Um, but we have to support ourselves too. So that, that was really great, man. Thank you. I want to ask you about some of the newer things that have maybe happened in the field, you know, technology, and maybe just some of the um, training methods that we're using today that weren't around uh, in the past. You know, what's the role of technology? Uh, how much of that are you using with your uh, NFL players in the weight room or um, collaboration with the uh, game monitoring that goes on? Well, you know, over the years, things have morphed and changed. And I'm pretty sure a lot of individuals know that that's been in this a while. And, um, Biggest thing is the sports science and data tracking. And um, it's it's just where we've gone, you know, and, and a lot of those tools, if you use those tools the right way, they can be great assets for you. You know, the biggest thing, what I think over the years is having a plan in place. Don't just do something just because this particular team is doing it or this particular uh, profession is doing. I think that you have something in place, you know, have your – have somebody research it, you research it yourself, you sit down as a staff, you talk it over, how can this make us better? How can this make a player better or athlete? How can this make our team better overall? How can it make our organization better? You know, and that and that's, I think, where if you can find those things and find the positives and the pluses in that, that's where you can, you go down that street and you go down that avenue. But at the same time, you got to make sure you do it in an organized and professional manner when you, when you add those new, new tools into your uh to your program um with that you know you got to be prepared have a plan and always be prepared as i said earlier with those things um of course we know that the nfl's uh use data tracking you know and um and it's it's i think personally it's good you know i think it's how you use those things it's the biggest asset to me you know and that's uh overall the biggest key with it yeah, the, the onboarding process with new technology where there's an onboarding for staff to learn, you yeah. know, learn the new gadgets and software. And then there's onboarding for athletes and the players yeah. who, who need to buy in um, or in some cases just know how to manage the iPad or the equipment or yeah. whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. you're using. So, there, so there's that element to it and, and a lot um, of them can manage it too because they're they're managed on their phone you know you know mm -hmm. everybody's got that phone in their hand and um you know like i said it's 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 good but you don't want to oversaturate the athlete you know you don't want to oversaturate them to where it's more of a stressor for them to do certain things you know it's i, I think that's where you have to draw the line is this more getting things nagging them or is it more you're getting something out of them that's going to be very beneficial for you, you know? I, I think that's a kind of have a good balance between those things. And that process that you mentioned is really important because something that 
might seem very simple, filling out a survey every day yeah. or uh, plugging into a, you know, an iPad or a piece of equipment to perform mm-hmm. your workout, that can actually become pretty tedious uh, when you're looking at the practice schedule or rushing in there to get your yeah. quick workout just in the context of the day. And so you have to think big picture and know how the workday flows. And that's one area that you can't really find in a research paper that I think really strength coaches really have uh, the pulse on that. And that's especially if you're dealing with like colleges, you got 90 guys, you know, or hundred some guys at one time or training camp, you got 90 guys and it's, I agree with you. It's, 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 it can be tedious sometimes, you know? So that's one thing I want to ask you a football question now. Um, not a, not a year level, man, but I played college football and I remember, you know, being on a team with a hundred guys mm-hmm. and, you know, one of the areas in our field right now that's gaining so much traction is communication and soft skills and relationships. Yep. That looks a lot different when you have a hundred people on a team versus 10 or 15 or even 20. Mm-hmm. How hard is that to build relationships you can speak to the NFL or working at the college level, just in, yeah. when you're dealing at those numbers and what role does the strength coach play in that? Well, you know, I think um, when you're in a leadership role, that's a priority um, regardless. Um, you know, that, that's, that comes with your job. That, that's important. You know, um, you may not spend all the time with this one particular guy, but, you know, regardless, you need to check on this guy. You need to communicate, you know, how are you doing? You know, anything we need to change or anything we need to work better at, um, things of those natures. Because uh, as I said earlier, trust, player to coach, coach to player, that's vital. You know, the better you develop that trust with your player or your staff, the more you bond, the more you grow together as a unit, the more I think good things can happen with that. You know, um, just players, they trust you. They believe in you, what you're doing. They see the results. They're going to work harder. They want to do it, you know. And, um, and that's, that's, that's vital with that. You know, you got to communicate with them. You know, I, I've always tried to take this person as a goal. This, if you're a super, if you're a high-profile athlete, if you're a walk-on, if you're a practice squad, I just, one of my personal beliefs was try to communicate with you, try to know what's going on. Try to, if you got any questions about the lift, if you need something changed or altered, communicate with them. And I think that uh, I think that goes a long way with players. I think they see that, they acknowledge it, and and that they, they respect that. You know, um, that's that's key important in this business with that, you know. Now, sure. I get I understand you might have some guys that are starters and that are playing and at a high profile level and you're depending on them more and you may have to work with them at times more. I get, I understand, I understand the business, you know, but at the same time, we can't forget about those guys that own the scout team, own the practice squad. We got to, we got to make sure we take care of those guys as well, too. That's awesome, man. No, I think that's great thought process because even on a large team, you got to have those conversations. You know, I'll tell, you know, a uh, quick story of an intern I had you know, working in the minor leagues of professional mm-hmm. baseball and uh, can't remember how early it was, but it was something along the lines of, you know, how many, you know, how many players do we work with every day? 
and they were, he was thinking just of the, the workouts themselves. And, and, and I remember thinking, well, I talked to, you know, all 25 of them every day, you know, I mean, we're here, you know, we were in passing, we're out on the field, um, checking in, um, might be in the kitchen. I mean, you, you, you're always connecting and having conversations and that relates back to what we do in the weight room. And what we do in the weight room relates back to what we're doing in the kitchen or what we're doing out on the field and, and trying to keep it going both ways. So it's almost a, uh, it's a two way street there, but it's also yep. those, those relationships, they never really end. They don't end when the athlete leaves the weight room and they don't live just in the weight room. And so yep. that's, uh, yeah, man, I, it, it kind of connected with me when you, when you're saying that, because I think it's something that, you know, we have to think about how we spread ourselves thin in this profession at times, but that's because we care and we mm -hmm. care because we know at the core of it all, the athlete is complex and we need to get to know those individual athletes to be successful with them. And so, yeah, man, it's a great perspective for sure. You're correct, man. You know, just to add on to that, you can't, uh, I've learned over the years, you can't approach the every person the same, you know, you, and that's where your relationship come in with that person. You know, some people can take a little bit more heat when you get on and some can't, you know, so you got to understand what kind of individual you're dealing with first and progress from there. Um, that's what I've always tried to pride myself on, get to know that person and get to know that athlete as a person and go from there with that. So, I think a lot of times we think of the NFL and players in the NFL as sort of the pinnacle athleticism mm -hmm. uh, in our field. And I think as strength coaches, we celebrate that a lot. How much strength development is happening at the NFL level, uh, maybe with younger players versus just sort of maintaining what these guys already do well? Um, what, are, what are some of the areas your programs are based on, uh, just given the different position types and uh, athletes you have? Well, just over the years, what I've seen just being at this level, um, and it's it's real well when you see guys come from programs on the collegiate level that are properly know how to do the proper lifts. Um, that, that's a that's a great plus. And even if the guys don't, you know, you can't get down because this guy may went to a different school and not compare it to them. You know, it that doesn't matter. You take your time and you teaching you know but um but the big thing if you look at it from a just say if a guy comes in from the combine playing football combine training and all the way up to the draft to us it's that's a stressful year for those guys you know they're they don't have really have too much downtime and so um the biggest thing is what i've seen over years is just try to educate them on the difference from the professional level to this level, you know, they getting new plays, new things thrown at them. And um, I think you just feed them piece by piece. You know, you can't throw everything at them at one time. You know, they're working on a particular thing. You may just focus on this today, you know, from ground zero, you know, for example, it may just come rolling stretch. Believe it or not, some guys may not have that experience with that properly learn how to roll and stretch, you know. Um, after that, an example could be just teaching them what a basic 
a basic movement is lower body, what a basic squat is, goblet squat, or things of that nature, you know, how to properly do it. And don't get me wrong, I'm speaking from ground zero of individuals who don't know how to properly do things the right way. But um, you progress them from there, you know, and, and some guys, hit, like I said, hit the ground running, you know, and over the years, as guys get older, um, dealing with the older athletes, I honestly don't think they need to be stressed as much. You know, they don't need to be just stress continues all the time because the older you get, the longer it takes for your body to recover um, with the stressness. So our, our biggest thing is as guys get older, we try to keep intensity, educate them on keeping intensity up and keep moving a little bit. You know, we're not, you don't have to make this a whole three hour workout, things of that nature, you know, especially when we get in season, come in get your lift in, get in, get out. And uh, cause like I said, resting and recovery is just as vital because we know the ultimate ultimate goal is to perform at a high level on Sunday, you know, and, um, and, that, and that's what this is about being available um, to practice at a high level and also being available to perform at a high level on the competition day. Uh, and that's, and that's exciting. You know, I look at it as simple as that, you know, our job is to make sure you do everything we can along with the other parts of this medical staff, um, other people along the way to help, help this go. And, um, help guys to be available, you know, that's the ultimate goal, regardless, you know, get them to be available, they're available, you're, you're available for practice, you're available for the game, once you get your opportunity to perform at a high level, you know, and that's how careers typically can go, you know, they learn and grow and, and move on from there. Yeah, you you have a great staff there in Green Bay, and, uh, you know, I've connected with uh, Chris Gizzy a few times, spoke at our national conference as a keynote, mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm glad you kind of mentioned how important it is to have that uh, collaborative work environment with all the different professionals. I think that that's so uh, that's so vital. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's the that's the topic he spoke on at National. And so um, I just want to give everybody an opportunity to connect with you. What's the best way for our listeners to get in touch? Well, I am on LinkedIn. So guys can connect me on LinkedIn. You know, my name, I. Thaddeus Jackson, T-H-A-D-E-U-S, Jackson, just like it is. And uh, I have a personal email. You know, guys can, male and female individuals can reach me at jc4840 at gmail.com. That's jac4840 at gmail.com. Yeah, Thaddeus Jackson. Assistant strength and conditioning coach with the Green Bay Packers. Um, always enjoy connecting with you, man. So really appreciate having you on. Thank you, man. I enjoyed it. Uh, look forward to doing it again in the future with you guys. You got it, man. To our listeners, thanks for tuning in. And we'd also like to thank Sorenex Exercise Equipment. We appreciate their support. From the NSCA, thank you for listening to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. We serve you, the coaching community. So follow, subscribe, and download for future episodes. We look forward to connecting with you again soon and hope you'll join us at an upcoming NSCA event or in one of our special interest groups. For more information, go to NSCA.com. This was the NSCA's coaching podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.